This student ministry podcast is a sermon preached by Brother Kenny Baldwin at the 2009 West Coast Baptist Youth Conference. Brother Baldwin serves as the youth pastor of the Crossroads Baptist Church in Bailey's Crossroads, Virginia, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. The Bible tells us in verse number one that in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came and besieged it. Nebuchadnezzar besieged Judah, and from Jerusalem, sources say he took somewhere around 10,000 children. These children were snatched away from their homeland. They were ripped away from their familiarities. They were taken away from their moms and dads and from their friends and their homes. and Everything that was special to them was snatched away. They were brought to the land of Babylon. A different land, a crazy land. A land they never envisioned living in. Yet here they were. Among these children were four Hebrew boys. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These boys were used to Jerusalem. They were accustomed to worshiping God where worshiping God was the main thing. But now they were in Babylon and it wasn't like that anymore. Yet they realized that God was not confined to one geographical location. They understood that even though they'd left Jerusalem, they'd not left God. They understood that even though they were away from home, they weren't away from God. They understood that even though Babylon went by different rules, that God's rules did not change. And they determined in a wicked place, they determined in a different society, they determined under different circumstances that we're still going to serve God. See, after all, these boys were the king's kids. I'm not talking about Nebuchadnezzar. I'm talking about the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You see, Nebuchadnezzar sat on a throne for a little while, but God sits on the throne forever and ever. And these boys were king's kids. And they understood it doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter where we go. It doesn't matter what we encounter. It doesn't matter what our life goes through. They determined that by the grace of God, we're going to live for God and stand for God and serve God and honor God no matter what. You know the amazing thing about this story is that the Bible says when it came time to evaluate the king's kids, when it came time to see just how they were progressing, just how they were living, just how they fared amongst the other kids. Isn't it amazing that the king's kids came out on top? Isn't it amazing that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, out of all their circumstances, and in spite of all the sacrifices that they made, the Bible says, it all matters. Notice the Bible says they came out ten times better than all the rest. May I ask you a question? Do you want to be 10 times better? I said, do you want to be 10 times better? You know, this world doesn't need average kids. This world doesn't need run-of-the-mill kids. This world doesn't need somebody to fit in and somebody just to be status quo and somebody to be just like everybody else. You know what this world needs? 
This world needs boys and girls that are determined. We're not just like anybody, and we're not just like everybody. We belong to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know what that means? That means I've been saved. Heaven's my home. God's my Father. Jesus, my Savior. Holy Ghost, my Comforter. And the Word of God's my God. I got a different home. I got a different master. I got a different life. I got a different love. I got a different Lord. I got different goals. I'm marching to a different beat. I'm not on my way to hell. I'm on my way to heaven. The Holy Ghost lives inside of me. And there ought to be something different. There ought to be something distinct. There ought to be something special about somebody that knows God. Say amen to that. Amen. Absolutely. I agree with myself. We don't need another Kobe Bryant. We don't need another LeBron James. We don't need more Britney Spears, more Beyonce. We don't need more singers and rappers. We don't need more politicians, and we don't need more show-offs. We don't need more guys riding around in big fancy cars with bling-bling rims. That's not what we need. We need boys and girls that'll march to the beat of the Lord Jesus Christ. That'll stand up in a sin-sick world and say, don't, don't, don't mess with me. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I won't back up. I won't put up. I won't give up. I won't shut up. I'll charge hell with a super soaker if I must. I'm determined. I've decided. I'm ready. I'm willing to serve the king. You can be one of those. Absolutely. You know what this pastor tells me? I don't have to do it the world's way to win. I can live for God and be a victor. I can honor God and come out on top. I can stand for Jesus and still be on the winning side. Uh, Excuse me. I cheated and turned to the end of the book. And I found out in the book of the Revelation, we win. Yeah, I, I said, we, I hate to lose. You, you down in the spit section? Pfft. I hate to lose. It's holy spit. Pfft. Amen. I hate to lose. I like to win. Amen. I like to win and I hate to lose. You know what I found out? As long as I'm yoked up with Jesus, as long as I walk on his line, as long as I follow his word, as long as I stay in the center of his will, the devil, the world, the flesh, and everything combined can't beat the child of God in every matter. When you serve the Lord, you're ten times better. Amen. Think quickly this morning. I want you to notice number one. The place of challenge. The place of challenge. It's Babylon. Babylon. Have you ever read what the Bible says about Babylon? God said their sins piled all the way up to heaven. God said the system of Babylon was responsible for sending people to hell. And that's where these boys ended up. Worldly, wicked, wayward, wanton Babylon. There was nothing good about Babylon. There was nothing spiritually beneficial about Babylon. There was nothing godly about Babylon. Nothing wholesome about Babylon. There was no character traits that were favorable about Babylon. Yet the providence of God allowed these boys out of all of the places in the world to land in Babylon. 
What was God thinking? He must have not read the orders. He must have overlooked when orders came for the boys to go to Babylon. He must have been on vacation. His secretary had to be in the bathroom. When orders came through his office to approve the departure of these boys from Judah to Babylon. Are you serious, God? You're going to send them there? Bermuda, maybe. Babylon, no. Yet this is where they ended up. May I submit to you that God was not on vacation? May I submit to you that God doesn't have a secretary, and if he did, she doesn't get bathroom breaks? May I submit to you that God no way, no how overlooked orders coming across his desk for these boys to end up in Babylon. Might I say to you that there's a holy God who's omniscient, all-knowing, omnipresent, everywhere, omnipotent, all-powerful, immutable, unchangeable, eternal, always was, always will be. And he knew that wayward, wicked, wanton, worldly Babylon needed some light. Somebody in Babylon needed to know that no statue is God. No idol is God. Somebody in Babylon needed to know that there's a God who hung the stars in space and put the moon in place. There's a God who created man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And my friend, God wasn't going to use puppy dogs, possums, and squirrels to let Babylon know he was real. He chose to use Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel to walk in Babylon. And through their testimony, Babylon found out there is a God. Now we're in 2009. Wicked, wayward, worldly, wanted. Three out of four of our seniors graduate without their virginity. 75%. Years ago, the USA Today said 20% of all 15-year-olds by the time they turn 15 have already had sex. Sources say more 7th and 8th graders today are smoking marijuana. Teenage pregnancy, teen suicide, pornography. I was in Canoga Park yesterday where the pastor told me I was in the pornographic capital of the world. MySpace, Facebook, I said yesterday, Twitter, 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 whatever they call it. The television. Every sitcom on TV has at least one homosexual on it. What was God thinking? When God let boys and girls like you, did God really know that there'll be boys and girls sitting in this room that will be tempted with immorality, that will be tempted with pornography? Did God really know that in 2009, uh, all of the vices of the devil would be so accessible at your fingertips every single day? Was God aware about sexually transmitted diseases? Was God aware about rap music, rock music, pop, soul, country, R&B, techno, Christian contemporary? Don't want to miss anybody. Did God really know what the devil was manufacturing when he allowed you to be alive? and breathing and trying to serve him in 2009 sure he did 
God knew what was going on. God's aware of the temptation. God's aware of what's going on in America. God is not flabbergasted by the vices in our society. Might I submit to you that the Holy Ghost of God understands America needs some light. It needs somebody to walk down the streets of this country and say, it ain't Muhammad, it ain't fat Buddha, it ain't your grandma that's a cow now, it ain't the Pope, it ain't the priest, it ain't his mama Mary. There's only one person that saves, sanctifies, and heals the sin-sick soul. His name is Jesus, amen. And he's not going to use dogs and cats and athletes and entrepreneurs and billionaires to get that message out. He's going to use boys and girls like you. Absolutely. And so he approved orders for teenagers like you to live in a society like this. I want to ask you a question. Can you handle the challenge? Somebody said, you can't take the heat, get out the kitchen. You can't run with the big dogs. Stay on the porch. <laughs> you know, little dogs, you knock on the door on visitation. <laughs> and you open the door and stomp. <laughs> it's a problem with a lot of you kids, your church kids, that think you're serving the Lord. But you know what you are? You're chihuahuas. You can't handle the heat. Let me tell you something. Babylon's hot. There's a lot of heat in Babylon. And you know what it's going to take? It's going to take some boys and girls that understand we're not swinging on a hammock, having it made in the shade, drinking pink lemonade. We're in spiritual warfare every time. Warfare. Every time we wake up, every time we walk out the house, it's a battle. It's a fight. It's war. It's work. But bless God, Jesus hung and bled and suffered on the cross for my sins. And if you work the same, I'm going to work because he did. Amen. Babylon's a place of challenge. Secondly. Notice the preparation of these children. Nebuchadnezzar sent Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to Judah to bring back children. But Nebuchadnezzar's stipulations for the children that were to be brought back to Babylon, the stipulations were pretty harsh. Would you look at verse number four? Children in whom was no blemish but well favored. Here's Nebuchadnezzar's first rule. Leave the ugly kids home. <laughs> Good news for most of you. You wouldn't have had to leave. <sighs> Especially you boys. One guy said, that's jacked up. I know, I didn't create you. I'm just calling it how I see it. <sighs> Not a manufacturer, just a reporter. <sighs> if they're ugly, leave them home. Secondly, no blemish, well favored. Look, he says, skillful in wisdom, cutting in knowledge, understanding science. Leave the ugly kids home. 
and leave the retard so the ugly kids have somebody to play with. <laughs> For those of you that think you're cute, you got out of rule number one, but I got you on rule two. <laughs> Before you load them up and, and transport them from Judah to Babylon, go to the schools and pull the transcripts. If they're flunking in Babylon, if they're flunking in Judah, they're going to flunk in Babylon. Sergeant had ability to stand in the king's palace. They better have some home training. Can you imagine bringing kids up in the palace? They got their feet up on the throne. They're sitting on top of the dinner table doing the Macarena. Can you imagine? They're sliding down the banister. Playing hide, playing hide and seek in the master suite. Leave them home. They better have some training. I'm trying to establish something. Here's what Nebuchadnezzar is trying to establish. He said, if they're, if they're to come to Babylon and do us any good, they better already be being the best in Judah. Oh, yeah, my mind is hearing an 18, 17-year-old, 16, maybe, your old teenage boy or girl and right now in your mind. You, you, you're spitting out all this, all this tough talk. Bless God, when I turn 18, I'm moving about this here house. Bless God, I'm not, mom and dad ain't going to tell me who to date. They're not going to tell me what to wear. They're not going to tell me where to go. They're not going to tell me what to do. I'm going to have my own apartment. I'm going to throw my parties. I'm going to load up my iPod. I'm going to have my own allowance. You don't have no job. We're going to allowance from it. Anyway, I'm going to have my own house, and I'm going to have my own car. No gas in it, but bless your heart. And I'm going to have all these things because I'm sick and tired of rules. Hey, excuse me, bucko. Excuse me, ma'am. Before you start, start talking about all you're going to do when you get to Babylon, let me ask you a question. Isn't it amazing how in Jerusalem you're forced to go to church, you're forced to read your Bible, you're forced to pray, you got moms and dads that are strict on you, and you're barely making it for God in Judah. Let me say to you today, if you're struggling to serve God in Judah, where it's not that much of a challenge, you'll never make it in Babylon. You're not ready for Babylon. Don't fight the preparation. Some of you get annoyed. You have strict parents, narrow-minded pastors, hardcore, straight-down-the-line leaders. And you think, ah, oh, I can't stand it. They're getting you ready for Babylon. And they know good and well, unless you're walking the line in Judah, you'll never have a chance when you get to Babylon. I thank God for a mom and dad that prepared me. Many of you have heard me say before, one of the best preparations that my mom did for me was beating me. And you ain't never got beat till you get beat by a black woman. <laughs> Many of you have heard me tell this, but I'm so bitter about it, I got to keep getting it off my chest. Amen? You see, because black women beat you, they not only beat you, but they rap to you in rhythm while they're doing it. 
And my mom, she'd pull my pants off. She'd pull my underwear down. It was me in my birthday suit. I'm telling you. And she'd take that belt. She'd wrap it around her hand. She'd raise her hand up in the air. And she'd get ready to come down. And ah! I jumped up. Immediately the licks doubled. Five went to ten. Ah! Ten to twenty. Twenty to forty. Forty to eighty. Eighty to one sixty. One sixty to even. So, Lord, come quickly. Because I'm going to tell you something. I finally realized if I don't stay on this bed, Mama's going to kill me. She's going to go to jail. And Daddy doesn't even know how to pick his own clothes out. We're in trouble. So I decided I'm going to stay on this bed. And I stayed on that bed and mom would raise that belt up. She'd raise it up in the air all the way up. I used to wonder why she raised it up so high. I figured out she was raising up to God and he was blowing it back down. <laughs> she put it up there and she'd come down with that belt and she'd start to wrap it. I told you not to do it, but you did it. You a bad boy, boy, you a bad boy, 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 bad boy. And I mean, she's tearing me up. I told you not to do it, but you did it anyway. Bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come? No, I'm just kidding, she didn't sing that. But I mean, she's, she's tearing me up. Say, what'd you do? I'll tell you what I did. I developed instantaneous asthma. I can't breathe. Get your breath together. You all right? Yes, ma'am. Get back on that bed. I told you. And the amazing thing, the moment she stopped, she's killing me now. She's torturing me now. She's inflicting capital punishment without a jury vote. And she's doing this to me. And I'm screaming, ah! And the moment she stops, shut up! <laughs> she beat me till I'd be quiet. I thought this crying is getting me more licks. So the next time she beat me, she read back, I told you not to do it. You a bad boy, boy, bad boy, bad boy. And I'm sucking it up like a man. Mm. 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 She stopped and looked at me in the middle and said, what? It doesn't hurt when I beat you. Cry, 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 cry. Shut up. I found out she was getting me ready for Babylon. Turn 30 years old tomorrow. I've never been to a movie theater in my life. Oh, you just think you're something. No, I think I'm one day short of 30, actually. Uh, <clears throat> I never smoked a cigarette, never cussed or fooled around with drugs or I was a virgin when I married my wife. 
You say you're bragging on yourself. I'm not bragging on myself. I'm bragging on Jesus. And I'm bragging on a mom and daddy that knew that God didn't give me to them for them to be my dog, my homie, my what's the name on the weekend, my friend. God gave me to them for them to raise me up and the nurturing admonition of the Lord. And a daddy that said, buddy, I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to enforce righteousness in the home. And that's how I can meet my wife as a virgin. And I can raise my kids and know that if I do it right, they'll turn out serving God because I had a mama and daddy and a pastor and a youth pastor and godly mentors that said we're not here to make you feel good we're here to prepare you for Babylon kids don't fight the preparation because when you get there if you don't already know when you arrive you're in trouble thirdly the purpose of choice verse 8 Daniel purpose in his heart he made a choice. The word purpose means a disciplined decision or a choice, a conscious choice. Oh, you just serve God because your dad is a pastor. Spirituality doesn't come through osmosis or through the gene pool. You don't boom shaka laka 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 your way into serving God. Benny Hinn didn't break me off something. I didn't get some sweat cloth from some TV evangelist and stumble my way into spirituality. I'm sorry, those of you that think you're going to wake up one day and go, oops, I accidentally fell in love with God. How did that happen? Shazam! No, it's not going to happen. (laughs) Serving God is one thing you will and must do on purpose. Well, if I had this daddy, I had this mama, if I had this background, if I grew up where you grew up, if I had what you had, oh, dog poop, bird mess, cow manure, you're going to serve God when you make up your mind that it doesn't matter what the world does and what other people say. One thing you can't take from me, and that's my will, that's my choice, that's my power. And I like what the songwriter said, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Who's going to choose Jesus? Daniel Purpose. No. We're not eating the meat. We're not drinking the wine. The interesting thing about the purpose of their choice was that it was followed by a process of consecration. They not only had to decide on one day they weren't going to do it, but they had to maintain that decision for three years. You know what I'm finding out, youth pastors? Most of our kids don't have a problem with making a decision at the conference. It's keeping it when they get home. Anybody can fill out a card. Bless God, I'm going to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until some secular college offers you an athletic scholarship, and all of a sudden, ooh, somehow the calling floated away. Did it float? Did you punk out? Hey, get some guts. It's not just about making the choice. It's about maintaining the choice. So when you get on that bus or that plane or that bicycle and ride back home from the youth conference, 
Rest assured, the devil will be on the bus before you get on it. Trying to destroy and trying to unravel every spiritual decision you made for the Lord where the boys and girls that will look the devil in the face and say, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now it is God which maketh you to both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And the God that told me to say yes is the God that's going to enable me to say yes because I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the light which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, I'm not going to doubt in the night what God gave me in the light. I'm going to determine by his grace I not only can serve God, but I will serve God. And this time next year, I'm not going to have to retract and make the decision again. I'm going to be praising God for the good time I had serving Jesus. Steak and wine? No. We'll take beans and water. Three times a day. Beans, 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 they're good for your heart. I won't finish. (laughs) The more you eat them, the more you, all right, I mean, just, just keep it real. These guys were probably pretty regulated. Can you imagine at the lunch table, dinner table, breakfast table, snack table, midnight snack, rendezvous? Here come the bean boys. (laughs) Hey, Shadrach, how were the beans? Fried beans, broiled beans, baked beans, beans. Gets a little bland, doesn't it? Anybody got bored with, anybody gotten bored with serving God? Hey, hey, ladies, are the beans of modesty getting on your nerves? Has it really started to make you feel deprived because you've got to say no to cheerleading because you won't wear a miniskirt? Oh, I lost a few of you. The message is still in session. Are you guys a little bit upset because you've got to settle for Bible college instead of athletic scholarship? It's really warped and wacko when you think that serving God is a demotion and serving the devil is a promotion. My friend, there ought to be something down in you as unworthy, unclean, and undone as you are to be mesmerized by the fact that God would take the trash of the earth and load it up with the treasure of his gospel and the fact that God would be identified with such filth as we are is a blessing to say the least. wonder how many kids in this room have bitten steak or sipped wine because beans got too bland. 
flirting around with your girlfriend, boyfriend, clicking on it, staying home, couple services, hit and miss on your Bible reading. Soul winning, not as important. What's a couple nights at the movie? If I work during church, as long as I tithe off of it, God understands. What chapter in Hezekiah did you get that passage from? <sighs> Stick with the beans! You know why? Because the product of their commitment tells us the beans worked. <laughs> the bean boys won. You will too. You'll never go wrong doing right. Serving God will never get you messed up. The psalmist said, I've been young and I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. <laughs> he said, if it's happened, I sure haven't seen it. Psalmist said, he daily loads me with benefits. Let me tell you something. There's no greater life than the life of serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Would to God there be some boys that'll come out of this conference and say, forget basketball, forget football, forget baseball. God's called me to preach. He put fire in my bones. It ain't about making money. It ain't about being popular. It ain't about doing something that somebody else has never done. It's about being smack dab in the center of God's will. Let them laugh at me. Let them talk about me. Let them run me down. When I know God, it's all good. Amen. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding. Even compared to the astrologers and magicians. The paid, qualified, educated professionals had to take back seat to the bean boys. Let me tell you something. You plug into the will of God. And you'll always come out on top. You're in this room this morning. You've never become a king's kid. See, as many as receive him, to them gave you the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. The adoption agency of the divine creator of the universe is open today and he's looking for orphans that need a daddy. It's not that you don't have a daddy. It's just that the daddy you have is not a good one. Satan will damn you to a devil's hell. But God will pardon your sins and give you a home in heaven. Let's get kids today out of this crowd. That will come out 10 times better. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.